You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, we are we are back. That was, uh, I don't know what I just watched. I'm recording this right after Wednesday afternoon's game against the Minnesota Twins. Um... I don't, I don't know what just happened, but we win, and we got a series win uh, in, in some of the most uh, unprobable fashion I've ever seen. Welcome to Locked On Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Thursday, July 29th, 2021. I am dumbfounded. I'm absolutely floored. I'm still comprehending what I just watched what we all just watched. We're going to go over the game that was Wednesday's game, Wednesday's season season series finale against the Minnesota Twins. Uh, no throwback Thursday today because we are uh, all in on trade talks. So we're, we're going to highlight some more of those, pick a few more people kind of like we did yesterday and talk about uh, you know, why we maybe should or shouldn't and, and the value that some of these people have and, and, and stuff like that. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to talk about the absolute bleep show of a game that was <laughs> yesterday's game. Uh, before we get started, I got to encourage everybody to listen to Locked On MLB Prospects. It's post-MLB draft season and Locked On MLB Prospects podcast is covering every future star of the MLB Host Aram Lighten brings you player interviews and farm system breakdowns every day. So subscribe to Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, fourteen to seventeen final. Uh, you know what? I I wasn't gonna make you guys sit through another horrible football joke. Uh, I was thinking about going. Welcome to Locked On Lions. Ha ha ha. But I feel like ninety everybody at this point has made a oh it's the Lions versus the Vikings ha 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 and I'm sick of it so I'm not going to subject you to any of it all right um <laughs> it's really hard to to do a podcast when you're speechless and that's the situation I'm currently in I don't know what just happened so Tigers win this one seventeen to fourteen. We put up a 17-piece without hitting a single home run. The Minnesota Twins score 14 and hit 7 home runs. We are the first team in MLB history to be out-homered by 7 homers and win. I, I, I don't know... <laughs> There's so many things we're the first of. We're like the the we're the first to get out homer by seven homers and win. We're the first to to like over thirty runs and hit zero homers and be the winning team. And and it's just so many ridiculous like you know blue moon on a Tuesday stats that we are the first of all time to do. Uh, what an absolutely preposterous game! If you didn't watch it, truly, I encourage you to to. Find a rerun at like 2 a.m. on Bally Sports and record it or something. I strongly encourage you to watch this game. You know we're going to win. So, so you, you like, you know, there's no stress of, oh, I have to sit through a loss. 
carve out four hours <laughs> and watch this game. Because it was remarkable. It was remarkable with how stupid it was. Truly. So here's, I'm just going to go inning by inning, okay? End of the first, 0-0. Zero, zero. End of the second, 2-0. to zero. End of the third, Tigers winning 2-0. to zero. End of the fourth, okay, end of the third inning, it was 2-0 Tigers. The end of the fourth, it was 10-6. to six. End of the fifth, 10-6. to six. End of the sixth. 13 to 6. End of the 7th, 13 to 6. End of the 8th, 13 to 12. Top of, end of the top of the 9th, 17 to 12. Final score, 17 to 14. The, Derek Holland got the win. <laughs> I'm still dumbfounded. This is this is flabbergasting. That's is that can't be a word, right? Flabbergasting, the act of being flabbergasted. Unreal, man. We didn't hit a single homer and scored 17 runs. The offense was clearly fantastic. Not not too much deep analysis on I think anyone with eyes can figure out that uh that the offense was phenomenal. Akil Badu with two hits, Derek Hill with three hits, Grossman with a hit, Haas with a hit, Candy with two hits, Short with a hit, Castro with two hits, the other Castro with two hits, Griner with two hits. All nine starters not only had hits, all nine starters had RBIs. These are the RBIs. Badu one, Hill two, Grossman one, Haas three, Candelario three, Short two, Castro two, Castro one, Griner two. That's preposterous. That's absurd. I, and, and, and so then the top of the night, we, we, we're up 10 nothing, and blow the game. We still win by three. In the top of the ninth, we are winning by a run. And Eric Haas comes up again with the bases loaded. And he doesn't hit a grand slam, but he unloads the bases. And, and, and your Tigers win. And, and we needed it. Because then Gregory Soto comes in. We'll get to the, the pitching in segment two. I'm so sorry that this is so, like, choppy. and I don't know what to say. I am so confused at what I just watched. That was one of the least enjoyable games like, I, I never thought I would see the day where my team would score 17 runs and I'd be miserable for 90% of the game. There's I, I never would have predicted that that would even be possible. And yet, here we are. Uh, Candelario, slugging percentage back over 400. Okay? So, Candy, slug watch. We're back over 400. Badu, slugging percentage almost at 500. Derek Hill had a great game. So Derek Hill, uh, the pitching and defense was not good today. Um, So so not not any crazy plays in the field or anything, but at the plate goes three for six. 
with a strikeout and two RBIs. One of them was a beautiful bunt, and he's so fast. I'm not a huge bunting guy, uh, but there are situations if if you know uh, if you know what you're doing. There are situations in which I I, I am still pro. I'm not one of those like bunt zero percent of the time. Don't ever bunt ever again. Um, but I, I do lean more like no bunt. Derek Hill with one of the most beautiful safety squeezes I've ever seen. Perfect bunt down the first baseline. Scores the run, gets an RBI, and beats the throw. I don't even think there was a throw. I think he actually was uh, was so fast down the line. Beats it out and gets a single. And then later, had a pretty hard hit ball to second base. The infield was in on a hard hit ball to second base. And he gets to first again before the throw can even be made. And uh, and, and he gets another RBI. So, Derek Hill, is, is, his slugging percentage is nothing. And it's probably never going to be that good. I, I can almost assure you it's never going to be that good. But the speed kills, man. Speed kills. And it's it's so nice to have someone like that uh, in the base paths. Because that's something that we've, honestly, even those like good Tiger teams back in the day, like we've really never had that. Like maybe Quentin Berry. Like, Austin Jackson was fast, but Austin Jackson, like, I don't, I don't know if you all remember, Austin Jackson was actually not a very good base runner, even though he was very fast. It's so nice to have to have a guy like Derrick Hill. Um, it, it makes for, A, really exciting baseball, but, B, you can do a lot more situationally with it and it opens a lot of doors that you couldn't have done before. And he's doing stuff like this. So, so awesome to see. Uh, Eric Haas with three walks is the other thing I wanted to point out about the offense before we move on. Look, the OVP is now at 300. OPS is at 854 because he's slugging over 550. Eric Haas, if, and I know this was just a weird ass game and it's, and it's got to be an anomaly because Haas, goes up there and takes hacks. If, if Eric Haas unlocks the, the, oh, I'm going to take a lot of walks part of his game, it's over for the league. Seriously, it's over. They might as well wrap it up. He's going to win MVP the next 72 years. He, he's probably going to get a top three finish in AL Rookie of the Year, as it looks right now. Top four, maybe. The AL Rookie of the Year, thing, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. I'm rambling. Um, but a great game by Eric Haas. Gets the bases clearing, RBI, three RBI double there late, and has three walks before that. Just absolutely fantastic. I mean, everyone that had a bat was fantastic today. It's the pitching that was absolutely horrid. So, 17 runs. There's your offensive breakdown of the 17-run game that that we just witnessed. Uh, Let's get into the pitching because that's the exact opposite. That was horrid. Uh, the the everything about it was was pretty terrible. First though, I got to talk to everybody about RockAuto.com. This episode is brought to you by RockAuto. With the everlasting increase in making models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? Your computers, you have computers. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more on the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you could need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and now even carpets. 
They got everything. Go explore their easy to use website today. Find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody. We are back here for segment two at Locked on Tigers. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. You can follow this show on Twitter at Locked on Tigers. You can follow me on Twitter at Bentley Scotty. Um, still breaking down this absolutely ridiculous game. Let's go into the pitching. We did a we did an offensive breakdown. We, we broke down an offense that scored 17 runs. Now let's break down a pitching staff that gave up 14 runs and seven homers in nine innings. Okay, Willie Peralta with the start, not good. Never really looked good. I know he he had a technically didn't had a shutout through three, right? Not technically, he did have a shutout through three. Didn't really look good in those innings, to be completely honest with you. Was missing the glove by a lot. Was missing his location. The stuff, uh, I mean, the stuff, I guess, is on par for what it usually is. Uh, and then absolutely imploded in the fourth inning, obviously, giving up a, a six-piece to, to Minnesota as a, as a team. Um, this, look, like like a lot of people were really upset. Um, it, it is, I'm not going to pretend like it's not upsetting to be up 10 nothing going into an inning and then in that same inning having your opponent bring the tying run to the plate. Obviously, that is frustrating. Um, however, Willie Peralta has already been worth the money we've given him. Already. Probably like like three or four-fold. We signed him to a minor league contract going into this season. Okay? So he's already been, been worth what, what we gave him, what we brought him in to do. He has already exceeded those expectations significantly. And if he's garbage the rest of the year, he will still have already done that. So I'm not super upset or like, oh my gosh, Willie Peralta's horrible now. I hate Willie Peralta. What? Y'all, you know, some of y'all have some really high expectations for some of these guys that, that are lofty and incredibly not accurate and unfair. So I, I understand being upset at the game situation because I was too, Lord knows, but uh, Willie Peralta specifically, uh, you know, this was bound to happen. This is, this this was very, uh, I don't know if predictable is the right word, but, but this was, this was going to happen at some point. He was going to kind of come back to earth a little bit at some point. Okay. Kyle Funkhauser then comes on in after not a great day from him either. Uh, gave up three hits, some inherited runs. Didn't actually hurt his own ERA, though, so I guess that's kind of nice for him. Derek Holland with the only, like, like well, you, I mean, even he walked two people, you know? <laughs> Jeez, man, this is just so tough. Didn't give up any runs, Derek Holland, but, but, but walked two and made his inning interesting. Buck Farmer goes out there, gives up two homers. Joe Jimenez goes out there and gives up, what, two, three homers? Gregory Soto goes out there and gives up a homer. Uh, okay, so so we talked about Peralta. The bullpen is is something else, man. This bullpen's something else. So we have three. The first half of the season, we had three good bullpen arms: Kyle Funkhauser, Gregory Soto, Jose Cisnero. Those three held it down. They and they were really good. Truly, all three of them were were very very good. 
Uh, the last couple of weeks, the last week for Gregory Soto and like week and a half for Kyle Funkhauser, um, we have not gotten first half the versions of them. Uh, Gregory Soto, his command this series was absolutely embarrassing. It was horrific. And I am I am maybe the biggest Gregory Soto defender you will ever find, truly. Um, but I mean that's like that's got to change. It's unacceptable at this point. You have to be able to come in and throw strikes, man. You're 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 a hundred and one mile an hour sinker and your 92-mile-an-hour slider do no good if no one's even thinking about swinging at anything after you know the first seven pitches you come out of the bullpen. you got to find the zone quicker. And today, look, like the home run, I, honestly, I'm not even that mad at the home run, personally. And that, that whatever. You can say that that's biased just because I, I, I love the dude so much. I don't, I don't really care. We, we have seven home runs, bro. Seven homers today. Gregory Soto, it, <laughs> we gave up seven, and he gave up one of them. I'm not losing sleep over the home run. Okay? It, it made a five-run game, a three-run game in the ninth inning, and then he was clean after that. But the walks, they have to change. He throws so hard, he's going to give up a homer every once in a while. It's going to happen. But there's a huge difference between I'm going to almost load the bases by walking people and then give up my the rare time I give up a homer, it's going to be then, versus, okay, I'm going to give up a home run to lead off the inning with the bases loaded and then go one, two, three after. It's a huge difference between those two things. He needs to walk less. He needs to find the strike zone quicker, man. It, it takes him like two batters almost to find the zone. And, it, it, and, it, and again, I'm a huge defender of his. I still think he has a really high ceiling. But it's, it's, it's unacceptable at this point. He's got to find the zone. Funkhauser, his command's been shaky too. His stuff has also kind of been weaker. His slider today was horrible. His slider was not moving today whatsoever. The thing got pumped like three times, and he only pitched for two-thirds of an inning. One of them was a foul ball that went like 105 miles an hour off the bat or something. He, he, the, he, he's got work to do, too. Jose Cisnero appears to be the only person that was good in the first half that's still good in the second half. And then the rest of the bullpen is honestly garbage and has been all year and continues to be. And this is highlighting that. Daniel Norris has been horrible. He didn't have to pitch today, thank goodness. Joe Jimenez has been horrible for the better part of the last three years. Buck Farmer has been terrible this year. He had a good, uh, like, halfway through June to the All-Star break. He was good. Outside of that, he has like an over 7 ERA this year. Derek Holland has an 8.5 ERA. I, I, I could just list anybody who's pitched out of the bullpen this entire season. So we already had a three-man bullpen, and then on top of that, two of those three guys have really struggled kind of since the All-Star break. Not great. And that's why you have games where you give up 14 runs and seven homers. Thank goodness the offense showed up. 
Oh, what a day. All right, let's uh, let's get into some more trade deadline and, and kind of like, AL Rookie of the Year, whatever, just like team organization and, and league outlook here for the final segment. But first, got to talk to everybody about our friends over at betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and even your UFC and MMA action. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline, your laptop or mobile device, and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sign the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device, sign up today, and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKDOWN. That's promo code LOCKDOWN for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, everybody, let's uh, let's wrap this puppy up, eh? The uh, I feel like I say that at the start of every third segment now. Uh, that's like not a thing that I was planning on doing, and apparently I just really like that expression. Anyway, first off, AL Rookie of the Year, Akil Badu. We kind of talked about it yesterday. Um... He's not only in the conversation, he is the front runner currently. And we need to talk about it. The national media needs to talk about it. He is leading American League rookies in F4. I think he's tied for the lead technically, but I don't know. Once this game gets put in, he might have raised himself a whole tenth of a war by himself just in this performance alone. Um, I think everybody on the on the offense might have. Uh, he His... He has almost has an 850 OPS on the year. And if you take out like the whatever two, three week slump early in May, uh, it's, it's closer to 900. The dude is raking. He's playing every day. He's no longer really just playing against righties. He's getting a lot more opportunities against lefties. And, and while he's still way better against righties than lefties, he has improved against left handed pitchers. It's time. It's time he gets the respect he deserves. And the crazy part is, I mean, we could see like four different Tigers receive votes for AL Rookie of the Year. Badu should be getting a ton of of attention there. He should be getting a ton of love. We will uh, see how it goes, but he's going to get votes at a minimum, okay? Eric Haas is also, I believe, third or fourth in American League Rookie War. So he's going to get some love and absolutely should. I don't care that he's 28 years old. So is Garcia in Texas. Okay. So he's going to get some love. Jake Rogers is, while he's not going to get any first place votes, he'll probably get some fourth, fifth place votes. He's having a solid year. Casey Mize is obviously going to get some love. And if Scooble has a good end of the season, he could get a couple of votes for, you know, like fourth, fifth place as well. We could be seeing three to four Detroit Tigers all in the uh, in the AL Rookie of the Year voting. And that's going to be super fun. So that's something to keep an eye on for. Uh, just, man, it, it just really frustrates me when, when stuff just gets overlooked and not talked about because they play for the Tigers. That's just, it's bothered me my whole life. And, and it's bothered all of us, I'm sure, if you're listening to this uh, forever. And uh, I'm, I'm really hoping that he can just stay maintain this level of play and really kind of separate himself and prove that that he does deserve it and is more than just a oh you know he he was fun for the first week of the season kind of a story he's really good 
He's not only really good, he deserves, if the season ended today, he should win AL Rookie of the Year. Okay, let's move on to uh, the last thing I want to talk about is just going over, I, like an Every episode until the trade deadline, I want to go over like one or two possible pieces that could be moved and why they could be moved. Yesterday, we talked about Robbie Grossman and Jonathan Scope. Uh, I had s- several people reach out on, on Twitter, and um, kind of, all of them kind of had similar arguments for, for keeping Scope. Uh, like, oh, he was the reason that he has a sub 800 OPS is because he was really bad early in the year, but since the beginning of May, he's been incredible. Uh, that's not like entirely true. Uh, and if you look at his, and I, I tweeted this on the, the Lockdown Tigers account, I replied to one person. I, I'm not trying to target that person by any means. This was a this was something that I got added on and DM'd about by by honestly a, a plethora of listeners. Um, but uh, it, it's he had an insane June. He did. He was one of the best hitters on the planet in the month of June. But his May and his July line up almost exactly with his nine-year career averages. I don't think this is, oh, he, he's been unreal this season outside of April. It was, an out, June is the outlier. Not, not, well, I guess that makes April an outlier too because he was way underperforming. But um, you're still, his OPS currently is higher than his career OPS. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, the, the the outlier here is is the month of June. He was unreal. He's still the same player because outside of June, he's proven to be consistently the same player. And again, if Jonathan Scope is extended, I am not going to be upset. That's a that's a very fine thing. If if we give him reasonable money for the next two years, he can play second and, and play first, honestly, until Torque is ready. Sure, man, I'm, I'm not going to lose sleep over that at all. That's great. Um, but if I was forced to make a decision, I would still lean toward trading him. Um, but either way, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I ju- what I just don't want is for us to not trade him and then not extend him. That, then I'm going to lose my mind. Okay, let's get on to, uh, to the next person that I want to talk about. We're only going to do one today because we're a little strapped on time here. Um, the other person that I want to bring up that could be a possible trade candidate is Jose Cisnero. Uh, the Tigers have been linked to, to being open to trading relievers, and the reliever market this year is hot. It is hot, hot, hot. There are People are getting really good returns for relief pitchers. And Jose Cisnero, why Cisnero, you ask? Well, we're not trading Gregory Soto. That's just not happening. Way too many years of control left, way too high of upside. Not not gonna happen. Okay. Funkhauser, I don't think really is tradable. Again, he, he's in the same boat. He has so many years of control left, but on top of that, uh, it you know, he has like half of half of one season of like good pitching under his belt. I'm not really sure there's any point in trading him. There isn't any point in trading him. He won't get moved by himself, okay? Cisnero is the one. This is now two years in a row of really solid pitching. This year specifically being the best year of his career pitching-wise so far. And last year he was no slouch either. He was very good. I think he had a three ERA almost exactly last season. So this is two years in a row of good pitching for Cisnero. This year being the best of those two. 
um, and two and a half, I believe, years of control left until he's an unrestricted free agent. Now, the reason that even with so many years of control that he might be a candidate to trade is because of his age. Two and a half years of control when you're a 32-year-old like Cisnero is, is a lot different than two and a half years of control when you're 25, okay? When you're in your mid-20s like, like Funkhauser and Soto are. So there's a big difference there because of, of longevity and, and what have you. He, his velocity is, is the highest it's been. He is, he's good, man. Jose Cisnero is a damn good pitcher, and he, he's not talked about as much, again, because he, he plays for the Tigers, but he is truly a, a really good pitcher and, and has been uh, since he stepped, since he first put on an old English D, which is something that Avila, again, deserves quite a lot of credit for, to be honest. So this is a really interesting one to me. He's, I think he's the only bullpen piece that might be on the move. I, again, I don't see Funk or Soto being traded, and I don't think anyone else wants to... I don't think anyone else has a chance of... I, I, I'm not sure we could trade anybody else not that aren't one of those three arms in this bullpen for like a, a half-eaten bag of Lay's potato chips. I, I really am not sure at this point. So Cisnero... While I'm not saying it's likely that he's going to be traded or, oh, he's definitely getting moved, out of all the people in our bullpen, he is the most likely. He Because he's really the only one that makes sense to even consider moving. Now, it would have to be a good deal. This, Like I said, this is not something that this front office is just going to try to move him or this front office is just going to, going to give him away like J.D. Martinez for nothing. We still have two and a half years of control on him. So it, it's not, it won't be forced. But uh, there is, I believe that there is a price for Jose Cisnero, and I wouldn't be surprised if someone would stepped up and paid that price. That's all I'm trying to say. So just another person to keep an eye on. All right, and then uh, as we get closer and closer to the deadline, we will uh, we will cover more and more. I think we're three days away now. Two two days, two three. I don't know math. Uh, but there are uh, there's a couple more that we'll go over. I'm really I'm recording this right after. The, the Twins game, I'm really hoping that, like with my luck, we'll make a trade at like 9 p.m. tonight and I'll have to re-record this whole episode. I'm actually terrified of that now. Okay, I'm going to wrap up so that I don't waste any more time just in case we trade anyone. Before I let you go, uh, I got to remind you all to listen to Locked on Bets. Betting on the MLB, baseball, or the Tigers in general doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get your podcast. All right, everybody. Thank you all so much for listening. It means the world to me. Uh, I'm feeling a lot better about the uh, the product that I've put out there the last couple of days. Like I said, I feel like for a little bit there, I... Uh, I kind of dipped in, in production value, uh, and, I, and I feel like this episode and yesterday's were a lot better. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening and, and, and sticking through with me. I appreciate you. Peace and love. Going to therapy's dope, and I will catch you all tomorrow for our Friday show, and we can do a big, huge uh, trade deadline kind of outlook. And then if we make moves over the weekend, you might even get a bonus episode out of me. All right. 
Thank you guys so much. I will catch you all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby.